Hello, Colin Baird. Uh, this is Rhett. Never heard of you. <laughs> you're a son of a gun or something. Look, I am, but but you're the big you're the big gun, Colin. The big gun from the west, yeah. Well, Colin, thanks firstly for taking the time to have a chat, and uh, you called me son of a gun, but you were the big gun. That was your nickname, wasn't it? Yeah, it was actually the big gun from the west. Who who gave you that? Um, well, you probably don't realise, but I had to sit out of um, football for eighteen months. Uh, West Australian League wouldn't re- wouldn't release a clearance, mm. and um, the son had a uh, a story in the paper: um, big gun cleared, and then it said West Australian Colin Baird is. Uh, uh, been released to play with the Tigers sort of thing. So it sort of stuck with the guys and uh, the big gun from the West and it's been that for 50 years. And was this the son in Melbourne that wrote it? Yeah, the son in Melbourne, yeah. So one of the yeah. journalists there gave you that sort of nickname, the headline yeah, writer. Yeah, gave the title, yeah, yeah. It was a big decision to, you know, at the time sort of thing to, to come across the Melbourne, but I think it was one of the greatest decisions I've made in my life um, to join the Richmond Football Club. Uh, there's been a few ups and downs, or quite a few ups and downs, but I just love the club and I love the players of my era particularly. Um, we were great mates and, and uh, I think Coach Tommy was just loved by everyone at the club and uh, the committee, the staff, volunteers uh, and the supporters were all one good, happy family and uh, that was a great four years, 1968 to 1971. It's lovely that it still resonates with you. And I saw you at the reunion of the 1969 Premiership where all of the living players were there, apart from Royce, who was over in Tasmania. And yeah. how, did, how did you feel about that night, seeing all these men so many years later? We're talking 50 years later. Oh, I thought it was sensational. Um we, had, we actually had another night. I said to Francis, we should have a mad Monday 50 years late. Because in our day, we never had a 50-year thing. And uh, we went to a pub uh, the, the uh, very next night. And that was even better because the, we got to mix with one another more because it was more a, uh, you know, like a black tie dinner sort of thing. And you didn't get to mix with yeah. uh, the guys so much. But uh, it was just fantastic catching up. And it always has been. And... Uh, you know, I think if you've got that bonding, especially after a premiership, uh, things go on forever. Well, hopefully they will. That's that's unlike uh, Richmond players or officials to be at a pub, Colin. It seems as though back in those days, Francis owned a pub at one stage and Graham Richmond, so there's no surprise there. Well, <laughs> uh, probably uh, we used to go to a pub after, tra- after every night's training pretty well, uh, <laughs> Well, a few of us did. Your dad was always a good boy. He didn't go up because he was a bit younger anyhow. But uh, I think that's where we got our, our mateship. Um, yeah, I wasn't a, a big session, just yeah. three or four or five beers or something like that, and uh, back to training the next night. But it was more, more uh, yeah, although we were the best side going around, uh, it was more an amateur compared to uh, the way that the players were treated and, and played today. But it's just... Uh, it's just hard to believe. Uh, when I came across it, I went through the rooms, just how professional it is now, and, and, uh, and that's it. I wonder, the pubs you went to after training, was it the one across the road from the club? 
Uh, we went there a few times, yeah, until yeah, uh, Graham Richmond got onto us and said there'd be no more. We had a, a, what they call a Paco Camino club that uh, okay. we started with a trip over to Perth with the Graham, Graham Farmer testimonial or something over there, yeah. and uh, and I think it was Alan Swab that sort of suggested it. We were very, having a few drinks and a, a beer in Perth, and, and there was this... Uh, Paco Camino, a, a bullfighter on the wall. He said, let's, let's start a club and we'll get back to Melbourne and call it the Paco Camino. And uh, <laughs> we used to get together over at Roy Parker's pub there and uh, have a few things. But uh, we lost a couple of games and Tommy put the kibosh on it. So, oh, uh, hold on, which, which, whose pub did you go to? Roy Parker, who was, uh, I don't know if he was a, a helper at the club or what, but he had the pub right over the road. Oh, and, right, the Royal. Yeah, the Royal. That's it. Yeah. yeah, where the club was, where the club was formed. We spent a lot of time with Eric Gridley's pub uh, in whatever I think the name of the road, um, the North Richmond pub, anyhow. So, yeah. Uh, the um, the, th- those listening to this conversation would be pretty shocked to know that Western Australia wouldn't let players sign with VFL clubs. What was their issue? Um, it wasn't so much the, uh, the signing. Um, in the in, 19, in the nineteen sixty seven uh, West Australian side, in those days you had twenty players, mm. and uh, nineteen of that twenty got invited to the VFL Grand Final, the one that Richmond won against Geelong, and uh, I was the only one that wasn't invited. Um, so the West Australian League, in the wisdom or lack of, uh, said that we can't afford to lose 19 players out of our competition. There'd be no clearances to Victoria. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't go. Uh, I wasn't invited to the game. Oh. But Richmond, after winning in '67, were going to lose Fred Swift, the captain, yep. who was a fullback. Yep. Richmond decided I was the best fullback outside of Victoria. Um, so after it was all over, uh, they come and approached me to uh, come across and play and take Fred's post. Colin, were you... And 18 months later before I got a go. Colin, were you the best fullback outside of Victoria? Well, that's for other people to judge, but uh, um, certainly in Western Australia, I guess because I was in the state side and... and uh, I don't know what other fullbacks were available, but I was 26, so I played 163 games, so I certainly had the experience, and I could see Richmond's point that uh, you've got a premiership side, you lose one player, you fill that that, uh, mm. that spot up uh, with a fullback, and uh, that picked me as the best out at that stage, so that was it, yeah. And you were... Oh, 26, 27 when you finally came over to Richmond, though at, at the reunion in 1969 the one we just went to, the 50th anniversary, there was a lot of jokes going around that people had no idea how old you were, Colin. What was that? That was always a joke uh, amongst the guys. They could never work it out, no. But um, <laughs> I was 26. I was almost 28 when I, when I made my debut, I think, something like that, almost 28. Um, but I had a lot of experience, and, uh, and uh, I'm very uh, happy was what I did for Richmond in that stage. Yeah. You were you were twenty seven years, two hundred and five days when you played. Yeah. Um and you're right, yeah. yeah. Well yeah. yeah. And uh, I think 
I, I did get a hamstring injury. I've never had an injury in West Australian football. I never went off the ground at any stage with an injury or anything. Right. And uh, the only games I could play over there were social games. Is this and, uh, what, while, you, while, you were si- while you were sitting out of the game? While I was sitting out, yeah. Right. When yep. they wouldn't clear me, the only ones I could play were social games. So the, I don't know, the State Bank was playing the, <laughs> the, the Bank of New South Wales or something or other in, in uh, back of March. And GR said, okay, we've got to get a few games under your belt in case this clearance comes through. So I went up to the back of March. Well, I had no idea where back of March was. <laughs> And uh, just find the oval there, and uh, and away you go. Well, I got there. Well, I, I got a bit lost. Got there, and uh, and they said, "Oh, quick, put on your boots. You're in the first ruck, and they're about to bounce the ball." And, and without a warm up, I went bang and uh, and did a hamstring. And uh, of course, that uh, stopped me training as well as playing. And uh, uh, I, I think I never really got to the peak of what I thought I could do. But uh, in the same breath. Uh, I was extremely happy uh, with what I did for Richmond at that stage. So uh, I played a premiership and uh, I had some great times there. Oh, incredible memories! And which team did you play for in that in that matchup in Backus Marsh? Oh, I think it was the State Bank, Bank of um, like a, Victoria or something like, like a Wednesday that. League or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. In 1968, there's an article that says that Richmond had tried now for a fourth time to get a clearance for Colin Beard. And it said that Richmond claimed Beard came to Melbourne for study and business and that the WA League has no right to stand in his way. Um, Those in charge of the Richmond Football Club at that stage, Colin, were some pretty strong men. Graham Richmond, uh, maybe Alf Board, or there was uh, Ian Wilson maybe at that stage, or an Alf Board? Um... No, Ray Dunn was Ray president. Ray Dunn, sorry, yes, Ray Dunn yeah. was still president. Ray Dunn was president and GR was the, the CEO. GR flew over there a couple of times to try and get some sense into it sort of thing because <laughs> it was a ridiculous thing. I'd, I'd given nine years of service to South Fremantle and WA. I played 163 games and, uh, and a few state games and uh, 26 and, and uh, married with a couple of kids sort of thing and... Uh, I deserve the right to better myself. But, uh, I can understand him stopping 21-year-olds and things like that, but uh, that's the way it went. And there's nothing uh, GR could do about it. He worked hard. He went over there a few times. But uh, I just had to sit out and watch all of 68 and, uh, and most of yeah. the first half of uh, 69. Where did you stay when you came across to, Rick, to Melbourne? Uh, we stayed in GR's place. Oh, right. Graham Richmond had a place at Hawthorne alongside a pub there. I don't know what it was, but yep. uh, I know it was very noisy because uh, trams would go past at the front doors, the tram terminals, I think, in Hawthorne. Right. Um, a lot of people got confused about me being called the big gun. They thought it was because um, GR kicked out Francis Burke, Johnny Perry, Royce Hart, uh, that were living in his place. They got kicked out for Caroline, my wife, and myself, and the two kids to go in there. So uh, there's a little bit of confusion about that, but it was the paper thing that, that brought up the big young thing anyhow. So. And did the club give you? Did your club find you employment while you're over here? Yeah, they got, I had a job with Southdown Press as actually as a journalist. Um, I done. I was in public relations in Perth. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, they got me a job through uh, the State Savings Bank. The manager there was a great Richmond supporter, and uh, they got a lot of business too. Southdown Press, and uh, I worked on trade magazines. That you know, I used to tell people I used to write hearts on for the truth, but uh, that wasn't quite the fact. But uh, um, and I worked alongside, um, well, not worked alongside, and worked for the same group as the, the great Captain Blood. And uh, I can always remember Brian Hansen introduced me to Captain Blood just after I started there at Southdown Press, and. And, uh, well, Colin, I'd like you to meet uh, Jack Tyre, Captain Blood. And I started thinking about all the things that he'd done, like he'd broken 93 collarbones and 27 legs and, and all the rest of it. And he said, oh, welcome to my club, son. I'd like to give you a few words of advice. And I said, oh, beauty coming from Captain Blood himself. He said, what is it? I said, what is it, Jack? He said, if you're going to hit some... Uh, person, I won't say the exact words he said, if you're going to hit some person you always hit their middle bugs. And I said, why Jack? I couldn't work this out. Why Jack? You're the tough man of football. He said, because if you hit them big blokes they always hit your back. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was pretty good advice. There was always there was always madness to his method? Or was that method to his there madness? Was that? Yeah, there was, yeah. What a great fellow he was too, you know, he was... Uh, yeah, he was good. He, he just loved Richmond and he loved the, the players of our era. He used to have a, loved to have a couple of beers with us over at Ronnie Carson's garage there, and oh. just around the corner from the Oval, and uh, yeah, great man. Now, you, the, the, the newspaper that you worked at, what, what was it, the South what press? South Down Press in Wall Street. I think it's 32 Wall Street. Oh, it's right. uh, Rupert, Rupert Murdoch's group. Okay, right. So you're the... he, he had the, uh, um, the truth. And um, I think what's the week, the Women's Weekly, not the Women's Weekly, but mm. New Idea and yep. and TV Week, I think, was all part of his setup. Yeah, I, you came to Richmond, and Di gave you some advice. And the club, when they finally signed you, which must have been, or when they finally, when you finally got cleared, which must have been early 1969, um, you came to the club officially. Um, one of your early matches, which might have been the previous year, maybe was a practice match where you played on Royce Hart. Yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the previous week, I'd played in Adelaide. We played a practice game over there. And um, I played on, I don't know who I played on, but I thought I played well. I kept in goal pretty well and uh, did really well. And the press gave me a slating. <laughs> uh, you know, this, uh, this recruit from Perth is a dud. And um, the next week we played at Port Melbourne in a winter club match, and I played on Royce. Yep. And uh, of course, you get a bit upset if, uh, if the press gets at you, sort of thing. So I thought, well, uh, no one's going to survive this. I'm going to uh, play my usual game, which is a, an aggressive sort of a game, and I happened to clean up Royce. Uh, and put him out of the game for most of 1968, which was, was accidental. It wasn't anything on purpose, but he couldn't get the calcified thigh. So um, his big gun from the West didn't get to play that year. Also um, put their best player out for most of the year. Yeah, especially in early 68, Royce did miss several games. Um, yeah. 
uh, during that, that he, I think he came back a little bit during the middle of the season, which was good to sort of try yeah, and help the Tigers. Season, I think, the yeah. Time, yeah. Uh, that that practice match in Adelaide was that for Richmond? Yeah, Richmond played someone over there. Don't know who. Gosh, um, I want to fast forward to 1971. Now you're probably wondering why, but in 1971, Colin Beard, you were reported for striking Peter McKenna. Yeah, umpires used to tell lies in those days. <laughs> Did they tell a lie that day? When they cheat, cheat Richmond at the moment. Did you see him last night? They were cheating Richmond too. <laughs> uh, yeah, he definitely told uh, lies. I played on Peter McKenna, who kicked a heap of goals. Yep. Uh, Tommy never moved me at any stage because, uh, you know, it was just half a metre away from him every time. Yes. And blokes like Price and uh, Richardson and that would just slam them down his throat. Hmm. And he kicked a heap of goals. And I chased him at one stage oh, from, you know, like 50 metres down the road. Down the, and right outside the um, uh, Collingwood supporters, this is <laughs> at Collingwood's ground, what do they call it? Um, Victoria Park. Victoria Park, yeah. yeah. Right in front of all their members, sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, I pushed him into the fence. All right. But I got there and I think it was umpire shield. Yep. That he saw Player Beard deliberately run with his elbow cocked for 50 metres yes. and deliberately hit Player McKenna in the side of the head. Yep. Um, and after that, I got four weeks suspension. Uh, yes, that's Thompson got the uh, four weeks. And that's true. I he... think it was because I had an incident with um, Eakins from Collingwood earlier. Mm. Eakins come right, well, I think in that incident, he comes running at me, full bore, and I just put my arm up to protect myself yeah. and hit him in the side of the jaw. And I actually thought that's what I was reported for. I didn't run at him, I just stood there to protect myself. And uh, and uh, so it was a pretty sad night. I think Len Thompson got four weeks and someone else got You're four right. weeks. You're right. No, got off, I think. Your memory is, yes, Roger Dean, you're exactly right. Your memory is very strong. Because that yeah. night, I don't know if you remember this, that night you and Roger Dean created history because for the first time in the history of the VFL Tribunal, photographs were tendered as evidence for the first time. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And okay, photo that, huh? photographs showed yourself, the incident involving yourself, but also the incident involving Roger Dean. And I think it was the photograph that allowed him to be not guilty. Uh, and sort oh, of carry okay. on. Yeah. That, now, I oh. think uh, uh, you, uh, that was at uh, the old VFL House Tribunal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just near the MCG, from memory. Yeah. Well, it was definitely, it was, it was an injustice. Yeah. And uh, Jack Dyer took up the story on, on television. He played replays of it. Oh. And uh, it was definitely, you know, when... when Umpire Shield said I ran with my elbow deliberately cocked for 50 metres. Uh, there was no stage at any stage that, uh, that I ran with my elbow cocked up to, to hit him. So, uh, but but were you were you a were you a rough tough player? Um, I was an aggressive player. Yep. Um, but uh, always within the, the rules of that of the of the day, sort of thing. Yeah. I want to uh, mention that when you finally uh, played for Richmond, when you played your first game, 
Um, I know over the years it's been suggested there were 90,000 and that sort of thing. Um, this was against Collingwood. Of all the teams That's you right. of all the teams you debut against, you debut against Collingwood. Look, it was a pretty big crowd. It wasn't quite 95,000, but um, do, do you recall, you, you, you wrote in a letter to me, you said, um, the 1969 Premiership should be the highlight of my career with Richmond. However, a club match against Collingwood at the G in 1969 June, I rate at least equal. Why is that? Look, you've got no idea uh, what it's like to sit out of football uh, if you played 163 games and you think you deserve to be hmm. uh, part of the action. Yeah. Um, I got held up by the West Australian League. Yeah. Um, I did this hamstring that I've never had a problem before uh, playing in the social game. And I don't believe Richmond did enough to get my leg right. Um, so uh, they just potted along with the trainers you know, with their magic box or they go out and try it and see how you go. Yep. And then midway through 1969, mm -hmm. uh, Richmond were, weren't playing well. They were um, calling for Tommy's... Um, they were. ...sacking. Yes. You know, this is the press sort of thing. And um, Richmond thought, well, we've got to see what we can do to get beard. And they sent me to uh, a bloke by the name of Adrian Wright, who was a specialist in, in Melbourne, and he said, you do everything uh, that I tell you, and I'll have this right within two weeks. <laughs> and he's exactly right. He, he, uh, he knew how to do it, how to pitch it. And uh, instead of just pottering around with, with uh, amateur trainers, sort of rubbing it and uh, doing things like that and saying, go and try it. Yeah. Uh, he knew exactly what to do. Uh, nursed it along, and um, I, never had, I have never, ever had a problem with it ever since. Isn't that incredible? And that resulted in the club bringing you um, into the side midway during yeah. that season, correct? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so you can imagine what it's like being sitting out for so long. Yeah. Uh, then I finally got to go in front of all that, well, I thought it was 95. <laughs> it felt like it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was a big crowd. And... Um, I can remember going up to Tommy at quarter time. How's it going there, Tom? I said, oh, it's all right. He said, I said, I've cleaned up a couple of the West Australians, uh, Max Richardson and Wayne Richardson, who I played with Max over at South Fremantle, and yeah. Wayne came from our area, and I knew his old man pretty well. And I cleaned them up in the first quarter, and then the desperate last quarter, um, everything seemed to come my way. It would all come down. I'd either mark it or clear it, and... Uh, Bang, 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 and we won by two points, which yep. which proved in the end, if we hadn't lost that game, we would never have made the finals and never won a championship. So, uh, well, your your first like, your first ten games. I was, I was going to say your first ten games with Richmond were incredible because you played in nine wins from that ten games. That, yeah, that'd be right. Was it nine out, nine out of ten? Yeah. Uh, the only one they lost game, was against Fitzroy. And then there was a run against, a win against Melbourne, Hawthorne, Carlton, Footscray. And then we get to the 1969, um, uh, to the 1969 final series. And the yeah. 69 final series, something make, I actually think that Richmond did not change their team throughout that entire final series. Look, I couldn't, I couldn't answer that. I, 
They had uh, some big wins. Yeah, we did. We beat uh, Geelong by twenty odd goals. That was an incredible performance at the MCG. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. the next week we're playing Collingwood in the preliminary final, which we win by twenty six points. Yeah. And then we get to the big one. It's the nineteen sixty nine grand final yeah. against Carlton. And what's the feeling for you on that day, Colin? Well, it's a strange thing. Uh, on the Friday night beforehand, we went to Graham Richmond, who had a had the Vaucluse Hotel. We had a dinner there and a, a meeting sort of thing. And they brought out these um, these films of uh, well, boxing films. They were some some guy that had a collection. Mm. And one of them was Archie Moore, uh, a world championship fight, and he got knocked down something like seven times and got up to win. <laughs> and uh, I just think that, that sort of inspired the blokes like, to never, ever give in sort of thing. And, and yeah. uh, that was the attitude that we went into the game with. But at the end of it, I can remember saying, like Michael Green and everything was... And thank God we didn't lose. It was sort of drummed into us that there's no prize for losing sort of thing. And instead of being really elated to win, I know we were happy to win, but um, we were just pleased that we we didn't lose it sort of thing. So uh, there's a bit of a reverse psychology there somewhere. Who did you play on, Colin? I played on John Nichols and um, Jones, Peter Jones, the, the Ruckman. Good Lord. Well, hold on. Uh, how tall are you and how tall is John Nichols? Well, I think I'd be six foot... I, I was six foot one and a half or something. He was about six foot four and Jones would be about you know, six foot eleven or something like that. I don't know. I mean, Nichols is, is a, a, a legend of the Australian Football League in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. What, what, I mean, was he... What, how, do, how do you play on John Nichols? What was your what was your attempt? Oh, he's a pussycat. He thinks he's tough, but he's a pussycat. What's uh, that? What was that? I, he's a pussycat. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He was a pussycat. He pushes little blokes around, but I had the, although I gave a few inches of height, I had the strength to go with him and uh, knock the ball away and uh, I could beat him for pace. And yeah. uh, Jones just, well, he wasn't, wasn't as good as I make out anyhow, so uh, um, I, I have no, no nervous moments with them at all, really. Well, Carlton did not kick a goal in the last quarter of that grand final. That's fantastic, isn't it? Like, I think if you look at the records too, they think they might have kicked one in the first quarter, one in the second quarter, and the yep. most desperate quarter of the year, never kicked a goal. And, and that, yep. Yep. to me, young-sung heroes, uh, we're our back line. Like we've got Graham Bergen. Mm. Graham was a half-back flanker who had to move to centre-half back and play on Robert Wall. So he goes oh, four to six inches away in height mm. um, because I think Mike Perry got suspended. Yep. So he had to move there. They brought Ian Owen onto a half-back flank. He was a great runner. Um, and he blanketed uh, Croswell, I think it was. And uh, Sid Jackson was playing on our Jeffrey Strain, and Strain was just a really, really connect player. We had Barry Richardson playing on Jezelenko, mm. um, and he's got the skills to match him. And uh, we had Chuby in the back pocket, but, well, really, when you look at it, uh, we had a real good balance. We had um, 
actually tough nuts or hard players or desperate players like Bergen, Cheney and Reed. But we had three really good, talented players in Strang, Larry Richardson, and a great runner in uh, Ian Allen. And, and uh, to me, to keep them down to two goals in three quarters of the grand final is just a sensational effort. And uh, I know a lot of the good players uh, got a lot of kicks and, and, and I respect them for it, but the back line didn't get the credit mm. that I don't think they deserve. Well, I think uh, you, I think you've argued a very good point for them to be recognised a bit more whenever we talk about that grand final. Um, yeah. You 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 may not be aware of this at all, but you played in one losing game in 1969. That was against Fitzroy. The next time you played in a losing game was against Fitzroy in the first game of 1970. The, right, yeah, the next yeah. game that you lost, you played against Fitzroy in round 12. Your first three games, your first three losses were against the same opposition. Is that right, yeah? <laughs> oh, well, that's, that should go in the, uh, what's that, Hall of Fame thing? Yeah, we'll put it, we'll put it, we'll put it in my book and in the, in the, in the record books. <laughs> well, we should say, after you win the 1969 grand final, I don't think the club played like any post-season game or anything, did they, from memory? Um, that season. 69, we played in Adelaide. Oh, right, um, yes, yeah, sorry, go ahead. We won the uh, we won the World Championship. Royce played for the Tigers, didn't he? Scroll, uh, and Sturt beat them, I think. So we played Sturt, and uh, we cleaned them up over there, sort of thing. So we called ourselves the World Champions because they don't play footy anywhere else in the world. So <laughs> that was just our thoughts on it. Um, an interesting thing there was. Um, I don't know what quarter it was. I think it was the second quarter because Royce had played because he was in Nashos. Mm. He played our grand final, and the following week he played in Adelaide because he was in Nashos. He didn't need a clearance. Yes. So he played two grand finals uh, within a week of one another, mm-hmm. and he got cleaned up. Um, You're right. Don't quote me on the time, but in the the second quarter yep. on the half-forward flank at exactly uh, 12 minutes, 30 seconds in, sort of, you know? Mm. And it just so happened that in the second quarter on exactly the same spot, at 12.30, exactly the same time, I cleaned up a bloke by the name of Mickey Noonan and put him on a stretcher. <laughs> and, uh, God, the press went mad over that. They said it was an even up for the week before when Lewis got cleaned up and everything like that. But it's just one of those things that happened in footy. You can't, you can't plan to, to uh, knock someone over, but uh, it's exactly what happened. And, uh, of course, the press looked for, looked for stories, and, and that was it. <laughs> that's, in, that's incredible. And there was like a round-robin tournament, wasn't it, sort of thing? where No, it wasn't a round-robin. It was just... The uh, Victorian Premiers against the South Australian You're right, Premiers. sorry, yes. And it was known as yeah. the um, Championship of Australia, it was. Richmond won 15-27. Gee, that's inaccurate kicking. 117 to Sturt's 9-10-64. The next so game that you... The back line played pretty well, haven't they? Again, the back line again, you're right. <laughs> the next time that you play for Richmond, Colin, is in front of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth. Did you get to meet her? Yeah, we sure did. Uh, we all met her. Um, 
uh, Rod, uh, uh, Ray Dunn, the president, introduced the Queen to every player. Right. Um, Roger introduced, I think, Prince of Anne to every player. Um, the Duke was introduced by someone else. I, don't know I think it was Bill Barrett. Billy Barrett, was it? Yeah. He was probably vice captain. Yeah. And, um, and Prince Charles, uh, I don't know who introduced him, but uh, every player they introduced to each and every one of them. Did you get to say anything to Her Majesty? No, that was 49 years ago. I can't remember what happened <laughs> yesterday. But, uh, you know, I, I know that um, Princess Anne, they were altitude, but they got there at half-time, yep. and they were listening on the radio coming to the ground, and there's quite a few broads in the in the first half, and uh, she was more interested to learn about who's been in the brawl and who's won and who's <laughs> done all this sort of thing. So, uh, <laughs> The other interesting thing with that game, it was the first ever Sunday uh, game of AFL, VFL football. It was. It was something they had never seen before. Yeah, tra- traditionally it was always uh, a sad day, but that was the first Sunday game ever. Um, and because the Queen was over it, I guess. But, uh, Were you yeah. still working as a journalist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But so not not as a not as a reporter for newspapers or television. I was on trade magazines. Right. And uh, we used to uh, provide that mobile oil. Had three magazines that they put out. Uh, the TAB had a magazine that they put out amongst you know their staff. I think um, Golden Fleece had one. Oh right. Uh, and a few other sort of things. So uh, we had an editorial service that uh, they'd give us the information and uh, I'd put it together as a magazine for them sort of thing. So, um, but, but, so I wasn't I wasn't involved with um, you know, any football reporting or anything like that. So. Just a couple of quick more questions before I let you go. So I appreciate your time. You, yep. you finished with Richmond at the end of the 71 season, though it looks like in 1971 you missed a handful of games at the start. Do you know what happened there? Uh, I had a bad ankle injury. Oh, right. Um, I twisted it. I probably missed about six weeks of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, I never had injuries in, uh, in WA yeah. uh, at all. But I, um, I twisted it one day, got a soccer ball, and missed about six days, I think. Uh, my father had a scrape while I was over there, so I had to fly back to Perth. I missed several games because of that. He finished up passing away, and something else. I think there was. Yeah, I think he had a uh, suspension. The um, Peter McKenna that suspension. That, uh, I worked out that uh, I hadn't, uh, I, I hadn't played, uh, and I played enough games to qualify for the reserves grand final. <laughs> and in 1971, I won a reserves premiership with Richmond, uh, coached by the great Vernon Howe. Oh, the Brownlow medalist, yes. Yeah, the Brownlow medalist. Yeah, he's over here in Perth now. I quite often catch up with him, and uh, he's a great man. Yeah. You played in a seniors premiership and a reserves premiership for Richmond. Yep. Yep. Did your father play football? No, nah, not at all. He was a pom. Came over here at sixteen years of age, and um, actually, I was born in Melbourne. It's an interesting story, and oh. um, he. He volunteered for the war when it first started um, early on, 
And uh, he trained, because he was one of the first to enlist, um, he, got to he got to train others when they enlisted later on. But mum followed him across from uh, from Perth. Yeah. He got married here in Perth. And uh, I was actually born in Melbourne in 1941. And mm. that was during the war sort of thing. So uh, uh, that was a very interesting story. And I think I was born just about two drop kicks away from Carlton Footy Club. Oh, right. Went on to play a premiership with them a few years later. Yeah. And what's that, 41 to 71 is about 30 years later. Yep. I wouldn't be 30 years. Must be less than that, really. Uh, 28 years later, I yep. played a premiership against Carlton the place where I was born. 71 must have been a difficult year with the passing of your father. Did that yeah. did that make you reconsider playing football at all? Did you feel that maybe you had to return back home? I, I just went back for a few weeks and, and uh, then came back to the world. Tommy was rang me every week to say, come on, we want you in the side, we want you in the side. And I said, no, I can't. It's not well and uh, I need to sort that out to the first sort of thing. So after his passing, you didn't consider moving back to Western Australia with the family? I'm guessing the family was over there, your mother? Yeah, I, I um, yeah, I, I didn't really want to. Yeah. Uh, my wife Caroline loved it over there as well. All oh, right. Um, but we thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, in hindsight, um, the very next year, uh, John Nichols kicked seven goals against Richmond in 1972. Yes, you're right. And I thought, God, I should have been there and stayed for that. And then they won in 73-74, so I could have been. Uh, mm. a three-time premiership player if I had hung around a little bit longer. But, uh, mm. Well, it was... was the breaks and I'm happy with everything that's uh, sort of happened. Yeah, so sorry, was 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 your, was your you leaving at the end of 72 part um, because of, of of the family issue or was that other things that brought you back across? No, mainly, mainly the uh, uh, wife was keen yeah. to get back to Perth and... Uh, that's the main reason that we left, I think, yeah. Can you just, is it possible to put into words how incredible Tommy Hafey was as a coach or a mentor? Well, I went to the 2017 um, Grand Final. And it's a, an interesting thing about that, of course, is that Caroline and I um, had, to, we paid something like $880 for two seats to watch the game. Right. And I thought back um, 48 years ago, I was one of the 20 players on the ground. We only had 20 in those days. I was one of the 20 players on the ground in front of 120,000 odd people and got paid $70. Yet I'm one of 100,000 watching the game and had to pay 880. So it's cost me 17 times more to watch a grand final than it was to actually play in a winning premiership. So uh, <laughs> that was an interesting thing. <laughs> um, so what, what was the... Uh, I forget what the no, I don't know. That's about. A, I love oh, about Tommy Hafey. Yeah, yeah, Tommy Hafey. Um, <laughs> I come away from that game. Roger, Roger Dean, our, our captain in 69, and I went to the Friday afternoon, uh, the parade of players, and we went to the MCG. There's 150,000 people outside the MCG. Oh. 
right? And they were just fanatical Richmond and, and, and a few Adelaide people. But, you know, because, mainly because Roger knew them, sort of thing, yeah. they just wouldn't leave us alone. They were just so fanatical. And, and everyone that I knew, or everyone I spoke to, said, Look, we don't care what happens tomorrow because the players have been so great and they were just enthralled. They just avid uh, Richmond supporters mm. and it made me think well, 48 years ago mm. the supporters were probably the same in those years <laughs> so all of a sudden it made the premiership I played in yeah. even more uh, rewarding than, than just uh, you know having a few beers with your mates and patting one another on the shoulder and uh, being really happy with the hard work you put in to win the premiership so uh, yeah. that, that made it all the more better but Mm. Um, the point I was getting to is that Tommy Hayes always put a notice board um, in the, the match room before a game. Uh, it might be a punch from behind, two and three players together uh, chasing the ball, mm-hmm. tackle fiercely, um, and all those sort of things. You know, like play on madly, get it into the forward line quickly. And I reckon if you had to have that board still available, mm-hmm. it's exactly the way Richmond played in 2017, 48 years later. So mm. I think that gives a lot of credit mm. uh, to the great man, Tommy Hopi. He was sensational. It's lovely. He was a, he was a wonderful he was a wonderful man. And as a result yeah. of as a result of Hafey coaching you, you went back to South Fremantle and was appointed coach. And you basically used Tommy's style of play. Yeah, I think I introduced a new, new game to Western Australia. You know, the, uh, you know, the desperate play on and the hard tackling and uh, and handball sort of thing, you know? yeah. and, uh, and uh, we did it pretty well. We had a pretty ordinary soul. Not a lot of talented players, but um, it proved to be uh, you know, a pretty pretty good sort of a, a system and... Uh, I was very happy what I did as a coach over there, yeah. One of the men that you you coached, he had come from Darwin. He would go on to become a champion with the Richmond Football Club. What was his name? Morris Rioli. Morris was was his first coach down here when he came to Perth. And um, he was a shy, young, Aboriginal guy. And... um, we worked on him, and uh, he was just a sensation over here before he went to Melbourne. But when he went over there, he was just a, a super player. And uh, I really think a good mate of mine was a boxing coach, and I think I brought boxing as a, an alternative uh, fitness thing for players um, to the club. Mm. Uh, and Laurie was a state coach and coach, of, uh, and, and uh, he. Um, had a lot of fighters that, you know, he took around the world and things like that. But he taught Morris um, that no one could push him around. And instead of from coming to be a shy Aboriginal guy, he knew no one could push him around. And he finished up getting in the, uh, in the ring and, and uh, mm. he almost won a uh, Australian title as a boxer. Right. He got knocked out with seconds to go, apparently, with a lucky punch. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have been a state amateur uh, champion. Um, 
sort of thing. I had heard that he had been a good, a very good boxer in his youth, absolutely. Yeah. And well, I'm guessing... It's only because my yeah. friend, uh, Laurie Flanders, he finished up at the Eagles as a, uh, um, as a boxing coach there. But I think it also applies to Stephen Michael. I was his first coach here in Perth. Right. And uh, we got Stephen into the boxing, and he was a shy <laughs> Aboriginal boy from the country. Yeah. And uh, he, he was just... He was just a sensation, and, and I think it's a confidence he got that no one was going to push him around, but uh, that, that uh, made him sort of thing. So, yeah. Well, we have, a couple, we have a couple of others there that are coach, I coached Bruce Montes before he came to uh, over to Richmond. Well, he was. Re- uh, and well. Uh, also, uh, there's a Sebastian Rioli. Yep. Um, who is the grandfather of our current uh, Rioli that plays, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Rioli. So that's uh, Daniel's grandfather that I coach down here at South America. Well, if you ever bump into Daniel, you'll need to remind him of that. Well, yeah, I have. I sort of caught up with him when we were over there for the 50-year celebrations and told him, yeah. Oh, and you told him? Yep. Oh, yep. he would have thought that was wonderful. Yeah, he did, yeah. There yeah. was, there was one... Wanted to come and... I wanted to, uh, he's a really, really good player. He hasn't really showed it this year. I, I told him at the time that I expected him to be one of the dominant players of this year, but uh, yeah. maybe it was bad words because he hasn't played as well as they would have liked to. Maybe they need to, they need to, they need to maybe teach him some boxing, perhaps, Colin. That might be the way to go, yeah. yeah. Just before we go, I want to just mention one other person. Uh, when you were at Richmond, one of Richmond's officials, who had been there for years as a player and as a, an official, he was also a Richmond delegate, and his name was Jack Titus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you have yeah. much to do with Jack? Jack was a selector at Sage. Right, okay. Um, a very nice fella. Yep. Um, and obviously a very good player as a full forward, I believe. But, uh, mm. um, Did you see him around the club much? What, at Richmond? Yeah, was he always there at training nights and stuff? Oh, he was always there, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, nice guy, yeah, really good guy. And, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I, I should end this conversation by saying on behalf of all Richmond supporters, um, we want to thank you for, for, for waiting 18 months and then finally coming across to Richmond because you left a wonderful legacy with Richmond as a premiership player and... You'll forever be remembered, Colin, at Tigerland. You know that, don't you? Well, that's nice to hear. Well, I did my best. Uh, I think if I hadn't have been out of the game for 18 months at the age I was, um, I could have really got back to some of the form I showed in Western Australia. I don't think that uh, there's a great deal of difference in the football at that stage, but... Uh, um, I'm really, really happy with what I did for Richmond, and I think uh, the way that we combined in the back line, um, a little bit unheralded, uh, but uh, we're really proud of what we've done, and uh, a great bunch of guys, and uh, I just love being back there with them, but I wish I could get there more often. Well, you're forever in our memories regardless, so thank you very much, Colin. Okay, thanks very much. Bye.